0: What's up everyone, it's Ray Garvin, host of the Destination Debbie podcast. If you're waiting until after the NFL season to start your college scouting process, you're already behind the eight ball. There are hundreds of college football games on each and every Saturday, far too many to keep up with along with following your favorite NFL teams. But don't worry, this show is designed for not only you hardcore Debbie leaguers, but those of you who want to learn about the next group of potential NFL stars and get a leg up in your traditional dynasty leagues. We don't just talk about the big name college football guys we hit on the small school value prospects who also have a shot to make it at the next level. If you want to position your dynasty team for short and long-term success, make sure you check out the DDP on DLF and all the other amazing shows DLF has to offer.
1: Dominant DLF family, a podcast, that star healing, Ethan Turner.
0: Hey, what's going on, guys? Did you know that there are different degrees of blindness? Someone can actually be legally blind but still see colors, shapes, and light. Uh, we call those people NFL officials.
2: That's nachos or technically a salad, John McLean. Uh, to go along with that, there's no definite way to tell if someone is completely colorblind. There's a lot of gray area there.
1: I am John Circle the Wagons, Hogue, and this is the Superflex Super Show. At the midpoint of the NFL season, well, of the fantasy season, not quite there in the NFL, but we're at the midpoint of the fantasy season, and it's time to start making your plans for the rest of the season based on where you're at in the standings, and uh we're gonna help plan that out a little bit we're gonna we're gonna build some blueprints here for the various positions for fantasy relevant players based on uh your your record and uh where you're at in the standing so we're gonna have some some ideas that you can uh some guys that you can buy some guys you can sell some guys you're gonna want to hold based on whether you're six and oh or five and one and at the top of your standings whether you're on the playoff bubble, or whether you're looking for your first or maybe second win, so we've got uh, we've got a lot to get to, boys. Uh, but speaking of planning, before we get to that, a goal without a plan is just a wish. So stop wishing and start planning for your fantasy championship with the FF Mercenaries. The fantasy football mercenaries love it when a plan comes together, and this A-team of fantasy football minds is here to help you map out your path to fantasy glory. Whether you're looking for draft strategy during and throughout your draft, dynasty roster consultations, in-season support, alternate scoring navigation, or DFS expertise, the Mercs are here to help. Help you develop and execute the strategy that'll help you destroy your league. So sign up now for your one-on-one consultation with a strategic specialist for your unique and specific needs. Visit ffmerks.com and use the promo code SUPERFLEXSHOW for 10% off your first consultation. That's promo code SUPERFLEXSHOW at ffmerks.com, where winning is the only option. So yeah, speaking of coming up with a plan, we're going to make some plans here, guys. So we're going to start with John McGlynn. we're going to, we're going to go position by position on this. Uh, And and let's, this being a quarterback centric podcast, let's go ahead and start with the quarterback and super flex positions. If you're six and oh, five and one, John, tell us about uh, what kind of strategy you're looking at at, uh, at the quarterback and super flex positions.
2: Well, I get all the uh, easy ones in this podcast because if I'm six and oh, five and one, maybe four and two at a lot of points, but they got beat by the high point score, maybe a week or two. I'm in a pretty good situation. So I probably have some of the league's best passers. I probably have the Mahomes, Matt Ryan doing real well right now, Russell Wilson, Lamar Jackson, guys like that. My, my team's probably uh, stacked if I'm six and no So I'm, uh I'm, I'm using those guys to work my way to the championship the rest of the season. I'm going to hold those guys. Uh, I'm uh, there, if I if I don't have them, I'm going to try and buy them. Uh, I need them on my team to 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 get to the ship. Uh, so I, I um these are these are my go-to guys. That De- even Dak Prescott, you know, Kyler Murray, I think is an up-and-comer that uh you know that I would I would try to maybe get right now. You know, those are uh those are some buys that uh that I that I know going to score me points the rest of the season. I started out hot, are going to stay hot the rest of the season. and probably get you to a fantasy championship. So those are, uh, those are guys who I'm looking at right now. Um, what do you guys think?
1: Yeah, I feel like that's definitely where you have the most flexibility, because you can kind of, so the, I, I, I'm going to be talking about kind of the middle of the standings, the, you know, three and three, four and two, two and four, uh, kind of that range. And I I feel like when you're kind of in that area, you have to uh, you have to work a little bit in, in short blocks of the schedule. Um, you, you kind of have to, you you can't look ahead more than, you know, two or three weeks um, because it's win now mode right now. So um, you've got to, you've got to find ways to get those wins right now. But if you're six and zero or five and one, and you're kind of at the top of the standings, I think that you kind of have an opportunity to look ahead a little bit, look, Look past at least a little bit, you know, the, the, the next couple of games, um, you know, you can start looking ahead as far as like the schedules coming up. Uh, you can look at bye weeks and, and things like that. Start even start to look at your fantasy playoff matchups.
2: Yeah. Barring, barring injury. I don't, I don't see, I mean, like Patrick Mahomes got his leg stepped on the last couple of days, but I think after a week of rest or maybe after, uh, you know his situation. He should be. You know he's going to be a go-getter the rest of the season. He's going to be someone you can rely on. I, if I'm six and zero, I don't want to lose any games. I'm gonna. I'm. I want to. You know, if I had somebody that's winning games for me, I think I could do better. I'm going to try and trade him. And you know, if I have a, you know, a maybe, let's say like Jameis Winston who's doing pretty good so far, minus a bad week, I could maybe sell him with maybe a draft pick to get a, 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 you know, Russell Wilson or Deshaun Watson or, you know, um, you know, uh, Lamar Jackson to, to make sure I solidify my spot at the uh, at the end of the season. I'm, I'm in win now mode. I want that money. You know, I, I want to win my league. That's what it's all about. I want to flaunt the, the the belt, the ring, the championship buckle, whatever you got. You know, you know, I want it now. So I'm going to trade whatever I can and get the best players if I don't have them yet.
0: Yeah, I like that strategy. I would say I would say the other thing with with a team that's that's really kind of setting the pace for the league, when it comes to quarterback and especially in a super flex league, I think you got to have some depth. You got to be ready. Uh if you lose a Mahomes for a few weeks, you know, say he has a high ankle sprain, whatever the case is, um, you don't want that to cost you possibly a bye week. Uh, you don't want it to cost you uh playoff positioning to set yourself up for possibly getting a championship because you you dis- disregarded your third quarterback slot. You don't want a bye week um, to cost you a matchup just uh, in week 12 that could have gotten you um, a- a- an actual bye week in your fantasy league. So uh, I always always preach depth, especially in Dynasty, when it comes to super flex leagues. you got to be three deep if you really want to uh, uh, make sure that you you're not giving up points in those key matchups at the end of the year.
2: Yeah, I was never that. I, I always had two, maybe three quarterbacks in all of my dynasty leagues and and even my redraft leagues. And uh, starting this show, I listened to John Hogue tell me about how you have to have four and five and six, and I'm like, this guy's nuts. Why would I have that many guys on my roster? I look back this year, and uh, subconsciously, all of a sudden, I have six and seven quarterbacks in all my rosters now, and I'm like, man, this guy, he, he embedded in my brain. I, I need to have the safety of good quarterbacks on my, or at least startable quarterbacks in my rosters anyway.
1: That's right, re- man. I wonder what else I can get you to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: That was the creepiest way to say that. <laughs> I wonder what else I could say. I, I could, I could
1: say creepier if you, if you really want. It's amazing. I wonder what else <laughs> I can get him to do.
0: <laughs>
1: That's creepy. Don't go that way.
0: I, my, I, I think my I can do it creepier.
2: It oh, it I it don't a appreciate
0: matter. this creepy mode. <laughs>
2: As a matter of fact, the team I have now, I just traded for Drew Brees. Uh, You know, I I traded Darius Geis away for Drew Brees. Uh, I'm not sure how Geis is going to come back. I'm not sure how he's, uh, you know, when he's going to come back, first of all, for sure. If he's going to come back and get hurt again, if he's going to split time uh, with AP. Um, And even though Drew Brees is, you know, 40 years old, I'm in win now mode, And I think he can get me, he could be my number one, possibly number two quarterback in my super flex the rest of the season. I, I, I think that was kind of a bold move. For someone who's in a in a situation of um, you know f- f- uh, six and zero or five and one, such situ- things like that, are what I think gets you over the top.
1: Man, I, so I'm going to talk about Drew Brees uh, when my turn comes up a little bit. So um, just a little bit of foreshadowing, but uh, just just going to throw it out there that I absolutely love that move for a win now type of team, um, or or you know a team trying to just keep it rolling. Uh, Drew Brees is going to be a great fit. I, I guess the only question, and man, if only there was somebody on this episode who knew anything about injuries whatsoever, maybe we could ask him. Uh, yeah, I mean,
0: John McGlynn's pretty good, but I don't know what he's going to do as far as that goes. He could probably <laughs> he, he
1: tell
0: just you does something. does what
1: I tell him to do, so. He could probably tell you something. <laughs> yeah so dr ethan what what about drew Brees? uh what are we looking at are we going to get him back anytime soon
0: yeah you know it's tough to say um again we talked about it a little bit on last week's show when we were talking about him throwing footballs again and what that means and what it what it really means is that he's on track to return uh before the in the next few weeks, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's he's going to be throwing next week. Uh, the other problem that you have, especially with a guy like Breeze, is he's coming back to a team that keeps winning without him, uh, which just keeps pushing the need for him to come back. If they were losing, uh, you might see a little bit more urgency from the team, from him to try to get back to kind of right the ship. Um, we'll see. Alvin Kamara is dealing with an injury as well, which I'm sure we'll talk about. Um that's that's new. So if the if the team starts losing a couple games, we could see Breeze back here pretty quick. But uh if they keep winning, uh it's just gonna keep prolonging the 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 lack of need for him to return and be the savior. So I like that deal. Um I, I like Breeze as a target, especially in uh in a on a team where you're trying to win right now, even a team where Maybe you're kind of right in the middle of the pack. I think Breeze is a good pickup right now. Um, when we get to my section, which are the bottom of the barrel teams, Breeze is not a guy that I'm looking to uh, <laughs> hold on to. So, uh, again, we'll, we'll we'll get we'll get back into kind of the the middle of the road guys here with John. But yeah, uh, me and Breeze should have. Breeze should return this year. So, um, you're looking for him to come back probably well rested. Uh, he's not taking as many bumps because he's he's just rehabbing. So. He should be pretty healthy when he does come back, and and I think that that is a, a good smart pickup for for a team that's competing.
2: Yeah, I'm not sure the Saints are going to stick with Bridgewater. Even when you know you can't, you know, when Breeze comes back, he's going to walk into a starting job. I don't think he's going to come back even if he's healthy until after the buy. As long as everything keeps rolling, but I think after the buy, uh, I think it's week nine. Uh, yeah, he's he'll be. Uh, uh, yeah. you're going to throw Breeze right back in this in, in the driver's seat. It's just uh, you know if Teddy can keep. If Teddy can keep uh, this steamroller this, this going and um, this team has great defense, everything's wor- everything's working great. If Teddy can get them to where they want to be and they can let Breeze heal 100%, uh, that's, that's, I think, what's going to happen. So I, I bought anticipating I wasn't going to be able to use them for a couple weeks because, like I said, uh, John Holk tricked me into buying uh, eighteen quarterbacks in every team. So, <laughs> well, I'm at.
0: I think you made the right you're, deal. You're welcome. <laughs> I think you made the right deal there, John, because you did trade a guy that you're definitely not getting back until week nine, at the earliest. In Darius guys. so um, if you're competing, yeah, you're probably going to take a little bit of a hit in the running back department. But if you're if you're competing and you have that good of a team without guys, he probably wasn't going to be playing a whole lot for you anyway. Um, much much. Much better to get a guy that you could you could plug in as a very solid QB two with QB one upside week to week, um, to try to get you that especially for the playoff run because I, I don't think you're going to get a hundred percent guys this season so he's probably not going to help you win and I'm very much in a team you have to you have to try to win every year so um, there's no no sense in 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 intentionally you got to make those kind of moves if you're trying to win, which if you have a team that, that is that good already, uh, you, you got to make those moves.
1: Yes. I um, love that. I love that by the way. Yeah. Uh, so was, was that, did we get to all your guys there, John, or do we need to,
2: well, that's, uh, you know, those are the ones that I'm, I'm aiming for. I mean, there's a couple, I mean, you're going to, if I'm in winning, if I'm in winning mode right now, I'm going to hold on to, uh, you know the the Tom Brady's, the older guys, the Tom Brady's, the Drew Brees, the uh, you know, the, I, I think Phillip Rivers had a couple games, bad games, but I think uh, you know, I'm gonna hold on to him, um, I uh, the Matthew Stafford's if if uh, if I need him, those aren't I, I, the guys. Slow and steady wins the race, and if I'm getting uh, you know, as my, what I need my 20 points a game from these guys, I'm gonna hold on to. Him. I'm not gonna try and move them right now to just to try and to to get somebody who's a flash in the pants guy right now. So that's, I mean, that's, that's, those are my holes anyway.
0: Flash in the pants is my new favorite thing. <laughs> I just want the record to show flash in the pants, flash in the pants. I
2: don't I want Gardner Minshew. I'm not going to throw Gardner Minshew. I'm not aiming for Gardner Minshew right now because he's winning a couple of games and I'm not going to put my mustache on and my headband and pretend like he's going to win me the championship. I need, I need, uh, I need proven commodities.
1: What about it, It super flex. I, I feel like I mean you can you can definitely kind of go all in on this season, but there's kinda of, there's nothing wrong with you know at your second quarterback spot. And and you know you already made the point that in most cases you you took the John Hogue aka correct approach and <laughs> loaded up on quarterback. You've got everything that you need. So it's so you know it, it makes it a little easier to to you know to pass on a guy like Gardner Minshew because, you know that's that's more for the teams that are kind of struggling a little bit at quarterback. I like, for instance, I've got a team that's five and one, uh, a dynasty superflex team that's it's five and one. But I mean, I've got Lamar Jackson in as my QB one. He's had a very good start to the season schedule wise. It starts to get a little bit tougher going forward. And then I've got Aaron Rodgers, who, you know, at this point, he's a game manager. It's absolutely breaking my heart to see, you know, the best fantasy quarterback of all time, just, you know, basically turning around and handing off to Jamal Williams. And then I've got Baker Mayfield and he's been, I, I mean, he's just been brutal. Even his good games are, are, are pretty rough. So, you know, and and that's all I've got at quarterback in that particular league. There's a there's a quarterback max, um, which I hate. I, I hate, hate when <laughs> I hate when leagues do that, but it, it is what it is. It, and and so like, I
0: can't can't roster all 20 of my quarterbacks. <laughs> yeah. I can't roster my backup quarterbacks. This is bullcrap. right?
1: <laughs> that's I, I think that's why they did it, in fact. It, they saw me coming and they're like, Oh god, <laughs> we gotta we gotta rein him in. Um but so the, the Point being, I've, i I only have those three quarterbacks and, you know, I'm doing well at five and one, um, I lead the league in points scored, but you know, now is the time where I kind of start looking forward to uh fantasy playoff time and, you know, and what does it take to make sure that I get there? I probably need another two or three wins to get into the playoffs. Another four or five wins probably gets me a first round buy. And uh, but I'm looking at the schedule. I'm looking at the way these guys are playing. Uh, Aaron Rodgers has, uh, and he his schedule gets a little bit tough as well um, going forward. Lamar Jackson certainly isn't as easy as it has been, and Baker Mayfield's is absolutely brutal. Brutal uh, on on top of the fact that he's been just garbage. I mean, he's on bye, and then he's got New England, Denver, Buffalo, um, and and it's an, it's a nice. Schedule once he gets to the fantasy playoffs, but in the meantime I mean I, all of a sudden my quarterbacks aren't looking so great and Gardner Minshew Becomes a, a pretty good pretty attractive option to me at that point at, at my super flex I don't want him to be my QB one um, Then I I think that I'm not nearly the contender that that the standings would indicate, but uh, I I I think I wonder if guys like that could start to make sense if you didn't, you know, take the path that we that we kind of laid out in the off season, where you make sure you've got what you need at quarterback, even if there are some injuries and even if you know we run into some ineffectiveness like this.
2: You know, Minshew's been okay. I mean, he's played some decent defenses too. He's been he's been okay, but I'm not. Uh... Mm-hmm. I'm not sold on them you know it only takes a couple Ever, this happens all the time when guys come in league they get their shot, uh, they do pretty well against decent teams and they surprise everyone and then after f- you know three, four or five weeks of getting tape on these guys and seeing who they throw to and what their, what their weaknesses are, you know where they, where they where they can't make the throws, where, what they like to do, all of a sudden they game scheme uh, the co- defensive coordinators start game scheming around these guys and all of a sudden the, the truth comes out. You know, so I don't know if Gardner Minshew is the real deal right now. I'm not going to franchise my possible winning season to try and get Gardner Minshew right now in redraft, anyway. If I'm in dynasty, yeah, you know, maybe I could take a flyer on him, but like I'm, if I had Minshew. I'd probably see somebody who didn't have, you know, in, in Dynasty. If I had Minshew, and I needed a running back or a good number one wide receiver, and somebody in a super flex needed a quarterback, I would trade Minshew away for a, uh, you know, a, 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 you know, a good running back or a good wide receiver or even a good tight end in a heartbeat. Yeah,
0: I think what I think the big thing with that situation, with Hog's situation, that is, uh, I think it just speaks to yeah, you're, you've got a good team, but you still have to self reflect even on the season, you can't just sit on, Oh, my team's amazing. I'm five and one, I'm six and Oh, I've, you know, I've scored the most points in the league. I'm going to walk right into the playoffs, probably going to have a pretty sweet matchup, maybe get a buy, you know, probably finish the season. Even if I finish the season, you know, four and two over my last few weeks, ah, I'm still probably sitting pretty good. I think that your team has a weakness right now. And that is that third quarterback slot. It's not, it's not, um, it's not locked up, and I think that in a redraft, it's going to be a little bit harder, um, but in, in Dynasty, I think that you could you could look at those teams that are losing, and this is where I think good teams stay good and bad teams can use the fact that they're losing to their advantage in trades. If if I'm – say this is – and did you say if this was Dynasty League or Redraft League?
2: Uh, well, uh, I, I we kind of touched on both of them in reality, but – Hogue, um,
0: the league that Hogue was talking about with Baker yeah, Mayfield.
2: E- yeah, that one's a super flex dynasty. So okay. yeah, that's- So,
0: if I'm in your league and say this is hypothetical because I'm talking from the 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 standpoint of my team is 0-6 or 1-5, and 5, you are the perfect target for me because yeah. I might have a guy that you could see as a huge value going forward that I can trade you for a guy like a Baker Mayfield a young guy that, yeah, he's having some, you know, kind of a rough year right now, but I still think there's a lot of potential. He's the number one overall pick. Uh, there's a lot of potential there. You're looking for an upgrade at quarterback right this second. Let's say, for example, I have a Brady or I have a Rodgers, And I'm looking, I'm looking, okay, I need to get rid of these guys because they don't fit in my window of when I want to win. I'm looking at those top teams and going, hey, man, Hogue, I see you're, you know, you're doing really well, but man, you know, Matt Ryan's sitting on my team. He's scoring points, but I'm not winning. You know, I, I need, I'm, I'm looking at a rebuild here. What's going to take to get Baker Mayfield and you could probably get Baker. You, you know, you're getting a significant age decrease. Um, I still think you've got a good asset in Baker. And I think Matt Ryan is worth more to your team to this year than he is to my team. That's losing I'm trying to get Baker from you the whole time. I'm, I'm hitting you up two, three times a week. Like, hey, man, <laughs> so you're still winning. Baker's still not playing well. You know, if that is a target, if you're looking for, that's, that's what you're looking for as the losing team. You're looking for the holes that you can, your team that probably needs assets more than anything can go fill. If I have Matt Ryan, I'm like, hey, man, Baker Mayfield, and you're first, probably going to be late. You can get Matt Ryan for me right now. Both teams win short term. My team wins long term, which Mm -hmm. is the goal. You know, eventually you have to try to win. Like you can't just be in a rebuild forever. But I think that's a good example of would that be an enticing deal for you? Heck yeah, because you're trying to win the league. And a Matt Ryan may not be the the hottest quarterback in Dynasty. But if you're trying to win this year, he is. (laughs) I mean, he looks pretty darn good right now. Yeah, I mean, he just threw for almost 400 yards and four touchdowns. I mean, he's putting up some serious points. And if the difference between you winning the league or not winning the league is trading me Baker Mayfield and you're not saying, OK, well, I need to try to win. I don't think you're you're playing to win. <laughs> I mean, right. I think I think that's pretty enticing.
1: Yeah. So that kind of segues right into your piece of this, which is, again, the, the O and six and one and five teams kind of at the bottom and I mean, I think you kind of laid out the overall strategy, but uh, it, it, I mean, you could still kind of expand on that and then uh, give us some more specific names beyond guys like Baker Mayfield and um, is a, as a buy and Matt Ryan is a sell.
0: Well, I think if, especially in dynasty and again, we'll, we'll talk about redraft here in a second, but in dynasty specifically, you really have to decide if your team's sitting at one and five, oh, and six, are you going to be competitive next year because this year's probably not happening for you um there's a reason your team is oh and six or one and five it's co- probably because you're not very good um but that doesn't mean that you can't have good players on your team i have i have a team that i'm rebuilding right now i'm sitting on deandre hopkins i told myself when i went into the rebuild i said i'm gonna get rid of i'm, I'm tearing this thing down but i'm i'm building around deandre hopkins Kenny Galladay, and Tyler Lockett. Those are my three guys. I love watching them. I want to build my team around them. So I have a good strong wide receiver core. Uh, when you're talking about quarterbacks, though, you have to decide do the quarterbacks that you have on your team fit in your window? Um, are your quarterbacks younger or older? Age is huge when it comes to quarterbacks. You know, they can play much, much longer. So if you have good ones, yeah, a good quarterback. And is a 30 is nothing. I mean, 35 is almost nothing. Once you get 36, 37, 38, heading towards 40, you need to decide are your quarterbacks fitting into your team's window of when you can win. Um, I'm I'm trading, guys. If I'm if I'm in this situation, which I'm luckily I'm only in one and it's a full rebuild, I'm trying to trade those short-term asset guys, your your uh, Jacoby Brissett's. Um, your Drew Breeses, your Tom Brady's, your Philip Rivers—those guys—that, yeah, are they good assets for a team that's six and zero, oh, or even a team that's four and two? Heck yeah, I think that you're going to get pretty good value back for those guys, but they aren't fitting into your your window of winning. Unless your window is next year, and even then, I would argue that Brees, Brady, and Brissette at a minimum aren't still aren't going to fit your window because I think there's a good chance that all three of those guys aren't starting next year you gotta really take a step back and go man you know what do I have to do to get these guys off my team but still not but still get as much value for them as possible um, I t- I tend to gravitate towards acquiring younger more underappreciated talents that are on um, on the good teams so on you look at your teams that are leading your league whatever it is, look at your top three teams in your league in the standings and shoot for their quarterback threes. And I'm hitting them hard. You know, I'm I'm looking for Sam Darnold. I'm looking for Baker Mayfield. Like I said, uh, Daniel Jones is a guy that while I don't appreciate him uh, a ton, I still think he has a lot of potential. Um, if I could trade Brady for Jones plus, you know, I'm doing that most on most of my teams that I'm rebuilding. Matt Stafford is a guy that I think is just criminally underrated all the time. Uh, you know, he's only, he's in his thirties, but still a very effective guy that you can build around, um, at least for the next five years. Um, Dwayne Haskins is another guy that again, you're not seeing it this year. He's sitting on a team, you know, if he's sitting on a pretty good team, uh, in your league and he's not going to get, he's not going to get used at all. You know, you can, you can try to, I'd rather have a Haskins that, if he comes in and starts and looks, looks as good as he did in college next year, you know, now I've got, I've got a pretty good asset that I can build around as opposed to having a breeze who may die, you know, may retire on my team. You don't want guys retiring on your team. Now, when you switch to redraft, things are a little different. Uh, if you're sitting on a stud quarterback and you're Owen six, you know, obviously you're trying to do whatever it takes to get you back. So as long as you're not trading to contenders, I would be looking to move a guy like a Mahomes, move a guy like a Watson, move a guy like a Russell Wilson, because right now you're, you have them, you're sitting on them, but you're not winning. And if you can't, win, if, if you're not going to win with them, you need to find a way to build as much depth to get you back into things. Um, as opposed to just sitting on one or two studs that aren't good. They're not going to win you a week by themselves. Uh, obviously if you're at this point in in the season some serious stuff has gone wrong. You don't have the depth to compete during the bye weeks. And that means you're just going to keep losing games. So uh, if I'm trading to Mahomes, I'm expecting a Stafford plus back. And I think that you can get, you can take a minor hit, you know, or even a, a pretty big leap at quarterback. But if you can fill up your wide receiver two and running back two positions with it, man your your team is better off going forward to try to make a push some type of push to make it into the playoffs um and that's that's my strategy as far as those two with with a team that's bad i know that's a lot of talking hopefully nobody's asleep right now
1: <laughs> yeah. no you're good like <laughs> <laughs> uh no nah, totally fine um it because it's all it's all good and important stuff and i mean my you know, going into this episode, my feeling on, you know, 0-6, 1-5 in redraft was, man, I don't know if we even want to talk about it. Like, at that point, I, I mean, maybe your your league has some kind of gimmick where, you know, you're you're playing for, uh, uh, you know, A weekly draft. prize. You know, you're trying to win. Yeah.
0: You know, the, the prize money is split out week to week. And they pay out the top score for every week or whatever it is. I mean, there's, yeah, again, in redraft, you're probably sunk. Um, That doesn't mean you quit trying, Um, especially if you're one in five. I mean, you can get to, you still have time to get to a winning record if you, if you rattle off a few wins. And it might be the difference might be trading in Mahomes to get some assets so that your overall team is scoring more points. Yeah,
2: I guess that's I guess that's why I never I played redraft since like 1995, and I uh, I thought it was I, I never was a dynasty person. I never, never even wanted to dip into it. And a couple of years ago, I I started I got in the dynasty league, and the trading it, it's like the difference between redraft and dynasty is you have a, a, like an eight pack of crayons from Crayola and you get in the dynasty and it's like a 64 pack crayons so where you have every color in the book. You could throw it after everything. There's the trading is I sent about eight or 12 trades a day to every, in all my leagues. And I, uh it, it's just so awesome being in dynasty now. And I never thought I'd feel this way, but it's, you know, being after you, now you have, there's no reason to trade when you're in redraft, if you're own five or 0 and six, you're not trying to give your buddies uh any incentive to win a championship, just like a rub in your face, you know, all off season. You know, but in dynasty, you have the incentives of, you know, every trade you make, you try to attach picks to it. You know, if you're, if you're in a situation like you are, you know, yeah, I'll give you this guy, but you're going to give me that pick and this pick and two years from now pick. And, you know, all, you know, it's so awesome trading in dynasty when you're, when you're kind of bottom feeding or rebuilding, it just makes life so much fun playing the game.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It, it, it that that was kind of the problem all along was in redraft. I mean, we did have to come up with those gimmicks, you know, the the weekly scoring thing or the consolation prize um, or, you know, whether it's a a prize or an anti prize for um, for winning or or finishing with the worst record, whichever it is, you know, whether you got to get it. A tattoo on your face or or you know something like that oh my that, gosh or... get out of your leagues where you have to get a <laughs>
0: tattoo on your face absolutely not that's a horrible <laughs> the... <laughs> idea
1: so many people Cooks are like in some serious you
0: know
1: <laughs> so i mean probably the worst one that i that i have at this point is just uh the lowest score of the week has to make a video and send it out to the league basically apologizing for how bad you suck and like that's enough to keep me playing. Like regardless of how bad my record is, I'm still trying because I don't want to. I don't want to make that video. Um, so yeah, I mean, if you if you were to raise the stakes to something like a tattoo, um, especially on my face, yeah, I'm, I'm.
0: Yeah, I'm not getting a tattoo on my face. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. For anything. But I but I think the I think, ultimately, yeah. If you're in a situation where you're when you're probably the lowest scoring team in your league and it's not looking good, you shouldn't roll over and die, but you should accept that at least it's redraft. (laughs) You know, you can always play daily fantasy. You can always do other things. That's why these other mediums, that's why dynasty was created. That's why, uh, you, you know, why we have daily fantasy is because it is frustrating. You know, I have, I don't really have any redraft leagues this year where I'm like, man, I'm, I'm sucking it up right now but I think everyone has had that that season where man you draft a team and nothing is going right for you and it sucks I mean it sucks to to try to keep playing um but I think you I think you owe it to the people in your league to at least try to be competitive
2: yeah, and yeah. collusion gets thrown a lot more in in the redraft where in dynasty, you know, you're stuck with that guy for life, so nobody cares if you got screwed on a trade. You know, it, it's okay, but redraft, everybody's like, oh, I can't believe you traded Evan Ingram for so and so, blah blah blah. You know, you have to hear that stuff from everyone. So, you know, I, I get it.
1: Yeah. I also,
2: um,
1: you know, this is something that I don't have any stats on whatsoever. This is just a kind of a, a personal belief of mine but I would be willing to bet that there will be more teams that win that, you know, that right now are somewhere in the neighborhood of two and four, three and three that go on to win their, their league's championship. than teams that right now are six and oh five and one, because I I mean, what ends up happening is you do you, you go on that run that carries you into the playoffs and all the way through a lot of six seeds end up winning winning your fantasy championships way more often than maybe not way more, but more often than the one seeds. I, I, again, I don't have stats to back that up. That's just kind of my own personal observation, but I mean, it's just such a momentum based game sometimes that I, I think that you're, you still have it even at one and five. Oh, and six is going to be really tough to come back from, but at one and five, Even I think that you probably, there's still a chance for you to get to the playoffs. There's still something to play for. Um, And in the meantime, yeah, play spoiler, go after whatever, you know, whatever weekly bonuses you've got, whatever consolation prize uh, you've got, stuff like that. So um, I think it's worth doing. But uh, to just to transition into what's probably going to be the majority of fantasy players at this point, four and two record three and three record two and four record where you're kind of right in the middle. And, uh, you know, it's, I, I think that at this point in the season, what you really have to kind of do. And I, I'm, you know, alluded to this earlier, but I think that you kind of, you, you break the rest of the season up into, you know, three game chunks roughly, and so at the quarterback position, what that means is uh, some guys that I'm going to buy, particularly in uh, in dynasty leagues, um, would be Sam Darnold and Josh Allen. Um, I I'd also buy Drew Brees, but I think he makes a little bit more sense in just in a redraft league. Uh, it, it's a little bit tough to uh to go after a, an older quarterback in dynasty even if he does have a nice schedule coming up but um these guys Sam Darnold in particular so this week they'll be at home against New England that's a tough one but after that at Jacksonville the 17th uh giving up the 17th most fantasy points to quarterbacks and then listen to this Miami number 1 again the 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 worst against quarterbacks then the Giants the fifth worst against quarterbacks then Washington the eighth worst then Oakland the 12th worst as Cincinnati the fourth worst against Miami once again and then it gets a little bit tougher in the fantasy semis and championship with Baltimore and Pittsburgh but that that stretch of games for Sam Darnold you don't even have to work within that three game window you just look ahead to the rest of the season after week seven against new england and sam darnold just has a dream schedule so he's a great one to to help you get on kind of a winning track here and put together a little bit of a winning winning streak um, to help you get into the playoffs and then josh allen has a pretty similar schedule it's not not quite as nice, but it's it's still pretty strong. Uh, he, where is it? I just had it pulled up. Come on. Um, oh, there we go. All right, so coming off the bye, uh, he's at home against Miami. Then he's at home against Philadelphia, the 13th worst against quarterbacks uh at home against washington so that's a big three if a the a homestand there with miami philadelphia and washington before traveling to cleveland and then back to miami i think it's a little tough with denver and dallas and then uh week 16 mm-hmm. your fantasy championship he's at new england that's uh that's going to be a pretty tough one but again if you're kind of working within uh, a a window of you know three games in three game windows and just try and put together three wins you know you get miami philadelphia washington and then the next three game window you're at cleveland at miami and at home against denver and next thing you know i mean you might have just won five straight games on the on the arm of josh allen and more on the legs of josh allen and all of a sudden you're kind of back at the top of your standings and you can then you have that flexibility that we talked about with John McGlynn's guys who are uh, John McGlynn's players. Sorry, ladies. Uh, at six <laughs> and oh, five and one. You know, you've got that flexibility where you can start looking ahead a little bit. You've kind of recovered from that, you know, that three and three record that's got you somewhere on that playoff bubble. And now all of a sudden, yeah, at, at eight and three, you're sitting pretty. Uh, some guys, though, that I'm going to sell for very similar reasons. First of all, Baker Mayfield. And again, it's it's so tough in, in Dynasty. But I think that there's going to be a buyback window later. And right now, the goal is just to get into the fantasy playoffs here. So he goes on by this week. Then he comes off by and he's at New England, at Denver, at home against Buffalo and then at home against Pittsburgh before the the schedule lightens back up it's that's absolutely brutal and that could be four straight weeks where Baker Mayfield cannot help you it could be five straight weeks in fact if, if, if that Pittsburgh game is is no walk in the park so with counting the bye that's five straight weeks where Baker Mayfield can't help you win i mean you might as well get him off your roster particularly in a redraft but even in a dynasty, if you can, if you can get Sam Darnold, I think that you're getting and, you know, replace Baker Mayfield with Sam Darnold. I think that you're getting pretty similar dynasty value and Darnold is, gives you a chance to win now where Baker Mayfield is more of a, a little bit more long-term um, Carson Wentz and Pat Mahomes are the other two guys that I'll be honest, especially in redraft, I don't, you can't sell Pat Mahomes in dynasty, unfortunately, (laughs) but he's, he's 1.01. You can't do it. But in a redraft, I, I would sell Pat Mahomes right now. This schedule gets brutal for him too. He's at Denver this week on Thursday night. Then he's at home against green Bay. He's, he's got Minnesota. He's got Tennessee. He's got that pass rush from the chargers when that offensive line cannot stop anyone. And Casey Hayward is on, your, your top option, Tyreek Hill, then the bye. And then listen to this in the fantasy playoffs as well, weeks 14 through 16. He's at New England, at home against Denver, at Chicago. Pat Mahomes is going to let a lot of people down in the fantasy playoffs. I think that it, it, it feels like blasphemy, but I think that it's a move that you probably need to make if you're not I man, maybe even it, it, if you're six and zero, I think you might be, you might, you you could hang on to Pat Mahomes a little bit longer, and and you know use, you know maybe he helps you get into the playoffs. But I mean, I think that you got to jump on this sell window when you when you get a chance to in redraft leagues again. I just want to clarify that we're talking redraft like right now but I think that you might want to get out from under Pat Mahomes. When I said that, you know, the teams that are three and three, two and four, you know, the sneak in with the six seed, those are going to be the teams that end up winning the championships. This is why their teams right now, they're six and oh five and one because of Pat Mahomes, but he has the worst schedule possible in the fantasy playoffs. And I think it's going to make for a huge letdown. Carson Wentz is a little bit different. It's a, it's a rough schedule going forward for the next five weeks. So he's at Dallas at Buffalo at home against Chicago on bye, and then at home against new England, that that's almost, that's almost as bad as what Pat Mahomes has in the fantasy playoffs. He does have a good schedule uh, down the stretch and in the fantasy playoffs though. So um, Carson Wentz would be kind of more of a buyback, but, just if you just squeeze that window down to, you know, three to five games, the next three to f- the next five weeks for Carson Wentz are pretty bad. So I think definitely in a redraft, it's a good time to move on from him. And I think that you could do it in Dynasty as well.
2: Oh, what about Dave Prescott? Yeah, da- yeah. He's uh, so got I think- Philly. He's got Philly, then a bye, then the Giants, Minnesota, Detroit, New England, and Buffalo, and then Chicago. That's a rough schedule right there. And he's but he's he's a pretty solid quarterback. He doesn't take a lot of chances. I mean, but you know, I, I like him, but that's a tough schedule.
1: Yeah, it gets tough later, but I think that right now you can kind of stick with him, take advantage of the Philadelphia, um, New York Giants. The that buy does make things a little bit tough in, in the you know, sandwiched in the middle there. Um, Minnesota's pass defense really hasn't been the same lately, and then Detroit, uh, man, they're they're so they're fifteenth against I think
2: they're, quarterbacks. I think they're underrated a little bit. I think they do yeah. pretty good.
1: Yeah, that's a very deceptive number to me. the The yeah. fact that they're only the that they're ranked the fifteenth worst against quarterbacks that's that's pretty deceptive to me. It feels like they've done a lot better than that against quarterbacks, but. But, I mean, I think Dak Prescott can can help you win, you know, at least, uh, you know, two or three of the next four. Um, So I don't think his cell window comes up, but you're right. I mean, by by the start of the fantasy playoffs, he's going to be untouchable. New that's, England, Buffalo, Chicago. Yeah, that's three. Yeah, I mean, that's... you don't want anything to do with that. And, and then the L.A. Rams, now they've got Jalen Ramsey. Mm-hmm. That That one gets quite a bit tougher all of a sudden.
2: Um, you, could, you could trade back for him in week sixteen when they play Philly in the championship if you want, if you
0: can. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That'll work out well for. I mean, <laughs> so here's here's my question for you, Hoke. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned selling Mahomes, and I'm not a huge proponent of selling Mahomes in in a redraft league, mm-hmm. uh, just because I I think he's proven at this. If you can't trust Mahomes at this point, regardless of matchup. I think that's going to burn you more times than not, honestly. It's not like a Dak where I feel like, like McGlynn said, you know, with Dak, a couple of bad matchups could really sink you. I mean, he he isn't always up to snuff when it comes to playing the really good defensive teams. Mahomes doesn't have that problem. Uh, a lot of times he, he still puts up very solid, um, even if it's not that super stratosphere five-touchdown game you know it, it does, it's pretty rare that he goes under you know 250 yards and two touchdowns and even in a, even a tough matchup. So um what do you think though this is my question about Mahomes. What do you think about his week 12 bye? If you're on a team that's probably trying to sneak into the playoffs, does that week 12 bye scare you at all because it it would terrify me because that could be a game that you're playing to get into the playoffs.
1: Yeah, especially yeah, that that does make things a little bit tough, doesn't it? I mean, I think that you've you've you can all you can it even if you don't want to trade Pat Mahomes, I think that you can start making plans for that week twelve. I, I mean, I think that at the very least, you look at this schedule for Pat Mahomes, it, and again, I mean, his toughest matchup to this point has been Baltimore, and before the, in in I mean Detroit, Indianapolis, Houston. I think he's got uh some four touchdowns between those three over the course of those three games. Um he's he's seriously he's like he's pacing for about 37 touchdowns, 38 touchdowns, which is good. Um but after 50 touchdowns last year, that you know that's way more regression than I think we were expecting. Number one and and number two he's also pacing for 600 more passing yards this year than what he had last year. So there's some regression due somewhere. Is it more touchdowns or is it less yards? And with the schedule coming up, I kind of think it's less yards. But like, even if you still feel comfortable with Pat Mahomes and you don't want to trade him away in a redraft league, which is totally fine, I still think you have to look at this schedule and say, at the very least, I need a contingency plan here. You know, I I need some of these guys. Again, Sam Darnold has a great schedule going forward. Josh Allen has a great schedule uh, going forward. And those guys can, you know, at least give you another option if, um, you know, Pat Mahomes. You know, if, if, if that regression ends up being negative. The other thing that you can do, I think, is... I I don't, I don't love this if you're kind of in that three and three neighborhood. Um, But I think that you kind of could look ahead to week 12 a little bit. I think you have more of a luxury of doing that if you're, you know, six and oh, five and one. Um, But I mean, you could target a guy specifically for that week. Matthew Stafford, for instance, in week 12 is at Washington. Uh, Jameis Winston's at Atlanta. I I hate Jameis Winston, but I, I I guess we have to say it here. I mean, that's that's a possibility. You could trade for Jameis Winston just for that one week.
0: Yeah, I I mean, I guess the idea is that you have some type of backup plan if you choose to for that bye week. To me, it's to me, it's you're just talking about the bye week when you talk about Mahomes because. At no point can you logically argue, even with a bad matchup, you're starting two quarterbacks in a super flex league.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, maybe he's your maybe he's your second best option at quarterback, but there's there's no way you're finding two two other quarterbacks that are better options than Mahomes, unless you're sitting on a team that's just absolutely stacked at talent up at the top. And even then, I think you're probably crazy.
2: Yeah, I don't think if you're if you're that, three and three, you're not planning for week twelve. You're planning for week seven and eight and nine. I don't think you're planning on penciling Jameis Winston in for week twelve when you're you're scratching to make the playoffs right now. Yeah, I, uh, no, yeah,
1: I I agree with that. I think that that's more of a strategy for the for the the top ends, the guys at the right, at the the, the, the Mies yeah oh, okay humble brag yeah uh yeah john mcglynn can has the luxury he's so good he's in 37 he
0: leagues he has three losses i mean it's unbelievable this guy that's why we brought him on the show because he's really good i'm just saying it's amazing I, just,
2: I, I got pigeonholed in this situation i'm just taking advantage of it guys so thank yeah. you very much yeah john's like i've been exactly. sitting
0: at work i've been thinking about stats and stuff there's no way. These guys got no chance. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, so I think for the, the teams in, in the range that I'm talking about here, you know, like two and four, three and three in particular. Yeah, you're right. You're looking at week seven. You're you you're looking at week eight and, and feeling like you kind of need to win at least one of those to stay on track for a playoff berth. I'm and, trying to
2: make trades. I'm trying to make trades every week for a different quarterback, for an upgrade for my situation. I'm clawing to stay alive if I'm in that situation. So I'm, I'm, I'm a trader. I'm, I'm that guy. I do it every day, all the time. I'm, I'm trying to trade a quarterback and a piece for a better quarterback this week. And then if I have a better quarterback and I see a bad situation in a week or so, I'm trying to trade him for maybe a lesser quarterback, but a better running back and just keep making moves all week long. I'm a, I'm a chameleon all week, all year long when it comes to stuff like that. So especially at three and three, that's really, I think that's what you need to do.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. If you, if that's the problem, that league I was telling you guys about that super flex dynasty where I'm five and one leading the league in, in uh point scored, but also a little worried about my quarterback situation right now. That league also isn't very active at trading. So uh, it, it, it makes a strategizing like that much harder. Um, I, it also means that uh, I you know, you have to get pretty creative. Um, you you can make trades, but it's it's tough. It makes it a lot easier if if you're in a pretty active league. But I, I think that what we're doing here, this exercise, really kind of does assume a fairly active league. And and I think that you know, with that being said, I think that you could you you could you might be able to consider trading some of these guys just with the idea that you're going to be able to possibly get them back you know once this uh you know once you get to that next block of games like i said if you if you're kind of looking at it as a you know a a three three or four game block then when you get to the next block then you start all over and you kind of address it as all right well you know uh, Carson Wentz again is a guy who i brought up absolutely brutal stretch here uh from week uh, seven through twelve, and um, including the buy, but after that it opens up significantly. So maybe that's a guy that you could consider. You know, if your trade trade deadline hasn't passed uh, when you get to week twelve, uh, then you could you could look to make a move to get Carson Wentz back. I just Pat Mahomes is a tough one for me because seriously, that fantasy schedule is. That fantasy playoff schedule is awful. I,
2: I, I don't that's, know, man. That's so hard because you know that even against the best teams in the NFL, he can produce, he can get you. I mean, I'm looking myself, I'm looking to get 20 points for my fantasy quarterback every week. That's what, that's what would make me happy. I've been yeah. on leagues where I've had, Horrible quarterbacks that got me combined for negative points, and I've had leagues where I, you know, I, I, I got lucky and had thirty points out of each quarterback for three or four weeks in a row. That's not going to happen all the time. If you can get somebody who's going to get you twenty points a game, which I think Patrick Mahomes can do against any team in the NFL, that's a guy that I want, or I'm holding or trading for. Yeah,
1: man, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, so what we've
0: established is that neither one of us agrees with you, Hoag, and that was horrible advice. <laughs> um, on to running back,
1: man. It's like, Stomp is not here, advice. James isn't here, and I still can't get away with anything. But yeah, let's let's just move on. Damn it. Uh, <laughs> let's. <laughs> <all> right, man. <laughs> just, just like it doesn't matter how many, how many new co-hosts i bring on it does not matter like no but they're still not going to agree with me okay <laughs> so, so let's go to the running back position and start back over with john mcglynn and uh, this so this is a quarterback centric podcast you know we talk a lot about super flex meaning particularly quarterbacks so it, it stands to reason that it took you know the majority of this episode just to talk about the quarterback position. Um, but I think we can uh, we'll we'll try and get through the rest of these positions significantly faster but let's talk about the running backs um, kind of some strategies if you're six and0 or five and one.
2: Well if I'm six and0 or five and one, I probably have running backs who had a real big boom game uh, you know for a week or two or you know have got you steady points the McCaffreys, the Dalvin Cooks. Um, the, uh, uh, Zeke Elliott, Aaron Jones had a, had a, had a, game, a big game to maybe save your fantasy fantasy team for a week or so. Um, the only guy that's somewhere near the top of the rankings that I'm looking to maybe sell if I'm on top would probably be Austin Eckler. Um, just because Gordon came back and even though Eckler's, you know, maybe some people still have that embedded in their head that Eckler maybe that Eckler may keep his job. I don't think he's going to, so I don't, uh. Uh, that's that's the only guy near the top of the rankings right now that I've had that, that has got me to the point I'm at right now that I don't want on my team anymore. Um other net uh that you you need to keep the guys like uh you know the Leonard Fournets or the uh you know the guys who are going to get 20 points a game again for running backs. Um Alvin Kamara had an injury uh, uh you know maybe we'll see what happens you think it'll tell us more about that. But uh, uh these guys that got you to the top you these are the guys I want to keep. These are the guys who got me here. These are the guys who are going to keep me, keep my steamroll train rolling. They're not going to get diminished. I think maybe Aaron Jones is an, is somebody else who may have us a, a lot more uh, workload competition right now because of his fumbleitis and dropping passes wide open in the middle of the field. But um, even so, I think those are one week kind of lesson teachers. That uh, you know, they they him out and gave somebody else uh, a couple more snaps. But I think Aaron Jones will probably snap back from that bad game. But if if I'm like I said, if I'm six and zero or five and one, I've had the luxury of having one of the top one of the top running backs in the league on my team. That's pretty much what it boils down to.
0: Yeah, I can't argue with that. You want the studs. <laughs> you want the studs. If you're winning, you want studs. If you're losing, you want studs. Um, if you're in the middle, you want studs, uh, especially at running back. So yeah, the only one I think that I would, I would maybe consider also moving that you mentioned was Aaron Jones. And that is just, I, I am concerned about Aaron Jones. I've never been, I don't think the team is fully on board with Aaron Jones. We saw it. Yeah. Uh, we saw it last week with them just basically saying, Oh, Aaron Jones, you you made a mistake and we're going to sit you on the bench for the rest of the game. And I think that is coaches like that players that haven't built up that rapport of, Hey, you made a mistake. It's okay. Chris Carson fumbles once a game and (laughs) still is getting 25 to 30 touches. Zeke is not playing out of his mind. You know, he's this season, like he normally would still getting a ton of touches Uh, you know, your McCaffrey's that, well, he just produces no matter what he does. So I don't think he can has ever done anything wrong ever. Um, (laughs) but even a guy like, you know, Leonard Fournette, I mean, he he was hurt, but he's still getting, you know, it doesn't matter what happens with him; They're still going to run him. Those are the guys I want. Aaron Jones stresses me out because at any given point he can cost you a fantasy week. You know, he drops one touchdown pass. Aaron Rodgers puts him in the doghouse, and then you got Jamal Williams blowing up on your, you know, and for no one, for no one. Because if you're starting Jamal Williams, you're probably uh, this O and six team that I'm about to talk about. But <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah,
2: that, the only David other Chance. one I would
0: mention. Sorry, the only other one I'd mention is Carry on Johnson, and that's just because I just don't. This they're just not using him the way that we thought that they would. I mean, and it's it's kind of just it's. A little disconcerting you know it's a, it's a little concerning to me that he's not getting used to what the fantasy community thinks his talent is and that's always that's always a concern
2: yeah there's uh that that aaron jones david johnson austin eckler um, you know, Alvin Kamara is even kind of you know somebody I'm looking to maybe move. James Conner, I can see people biting into his load. Those are the guys that I'm kind of hesitant about right now. And if I have my team, I'm going to try and sell. If I'm going for a championship, I'm going to try and sell them guys for name recognition, for a better, for maybe uh include them in a deal for a, for a Zeke or for uh you know I don't think anybody's selling McCaffrey. If it's I don't care if you're zero six or nine, you know I don't think anybody's selling McCaffrey because he's the only thing that gives you a chance. But um him and Dalvin Cook may be the only people that are untouchable. But there's a there's a handful, unless you're in a top tier of you know, four or five running backs, the rest of these guys are kind of shaky to me. As, you know, I, I don't feel confident starting them every week and I'm gonna try and move them for better positional players somewhere else, you know, or or other running backs that I see with potential. So
1: everybody knows that I love Aaron Jones, but I you know i I think I agree with Ethan here. what I the one thing I would say though is, you know who I'm probably gonna target if I own Aaron Jones, I'm gonna try and trade him to whoever I played against in week five that he dropped the four touchdowns on because I think that that person probably has the greatest yeah. understanding of what he's capable of right. That's number one. And number two, that means that I don't have to run into Aaron Jones again because, you know, there he he still has that upside, and 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 we know that. I mean, if Jamal Williams were to get hurt again, for instance, and and Aaron Jones still has those random games, even if even when Jamal Williams is you know part of the game plan um, and vulturing all those carries like an idiot. <laughs> he it's still aaron jones still has that upside he still his you know he still had that two touchdown game against denver even when jamal williams got the majority of the work and and Mm -hmm. all the rushing yards you know Mm -hmm. you still randomly got a you know a, a double digit game out of aaron jones on you know just a handful of carries so um it, it it makes it tough because you don't want to run into Aaron Jones again if you can avoid it, uh, but you yeah. also don't necessarily want him on your roster at least for this season, and that hurts me to say. Uh, the other thing I would say when you get to six and zero and five and one, it just becomes a volume thing at running back, yes, because you know you you just want you want to make sure that you've got the depth to you know to keep this thing rolling. Um, you want to, even when these guys get hurt and they, I I mean, you, you, you really just kind of have to assume that every one of these guys is going to get hurt because it's a treacherous position. So it's, it really starts to turn into trade away that wide receiver depth for running back depth and, and even just for some empty roster spots so that you can pick guys up off your waivers because, I, at this point, I, I, I have some guesses, but I have no idea who this year's Damian Williams is, who's this year's C.J. Anderson, who's this year's Gus Edwards. Uh, you know, I, I, I mean, Gus Edwards might just be Gus Edwards again. But, um, you know, Justice Hill to me is a guy who could be that like league winner type of guy. Chase Edmonds is that type of guy but it seems like we always have guys who just kind of come out of nowhere and end up being that league winner type of guy and you want the ability to pick them up so don't clog up your roster with a bunch of wide receivers just get you know kind of go minimalist at the wide receiver position and just start loading up on running back dart throws
2: yeah if i'm if i'm somebody right now who's is... Six and zero, and I need to make a big move. I say I had a quarterback, and I'm trying to trade for somebody. And I needed a running back. I think I'm going after a guy like Josh Jacobs. I think he had uh, a lot of low volume numbers, a lot of uh, you know low numbers. Anyway, he had a good game to start the season, a good game for Chicago. But I think that they've not used him right, and he's still done okay. I think when they figure out how to use Josh Jacobs the second half of the season the rest of the season after the bye, I think he's going to be somebody that you'll be sorry that you didn't pick up right now.
1: I love that one. He's got an amazing schedule going forward too. He's yes. got uh Green he's at Green Bay. They're they're the fourth worst against running backs. Um still got Detroit, who's the third worst. Uh the Chargers who are the ninth worst. Cincinnati, who's the worst. Um, and then you get into the fantasy playoffs. And I mean, the only the only tough matchup that he really has left on the schedule is Tennessee. Tennessee. Now he's at the New York Jets uh, in week twelve. Uh, and by then they could be a lot tougher than they have been. Once Quinn and Williams and C.J. Mosley get back, but right at the moment,
2: it's not a particularly last week of win. the season versus Kansas City. And Kansas City, they give up a ton of yards. They get they're good for fantasy. They give up. They get a lot of sacks and interceptions and stuff like that. But they give up a ton of yards. So yeah. if that's the last week of the season, then we're talked about before trying to pencil in the must-win game week thirteen against Kansas City. I love Josh Jacobs there.
1: Yeah, Josh Jacobs, and then we did the. Uh, on the Superflex SOPs episode that came out yesterday, we also talked about DeAndre Washington as a next-week-this-week week pickup um, just because, I mean, for the same reason. I mean, the schedule and, you know, it's, it's not necessarily a belief that DeAndre Washington is going to have a, a significant amount of standalone value, um, but if Josh Jacobs were to go down, DeAndre Washington steps right into that exact same value. So, um, and again, it just becomes a volume thing at that point. But, uh, what about Ethan, the, the Owen six and one and five teams, what are you doing at running back?
0: Oh man, this is, this is tough. Cause I, I am very much a believer of, if you want to win, you have to have stud running backs. You have to, I build almost all of my teams around stud running backs and trying to acquire stud running backs. Um, to me, if you're sitting at 0 and 6 in a dynasty league, you're trying to acquire youth. And that is your your number one goal is to get younger and to acquire assets long-term. So you're flipping your, your aging studs slash your often injured older older running backs. And when I say older running backs, I'm saying 20 over the age of 25. 25 is kind of my cutoff. The majority of players we have found... All the research shows that running backs—they get the majority of their fantasy value uh, before they turn 25. So, to me, you're getting rid of your David Johnsons of the world. You're trying to get—you're trying to move on from your Le'Veon Bells, your Todd Gurley's, because those guys still hold significant value in dynasty, and you can flip them and get younger, um, and, and use that youth then to build your team back up to the point where you can compete. Some guys I like to target. Josh Jacobs, you guys mentioned. that That's a no-brainer to me. Um, he has just played out of his mind, so I think that hes he has to be a guy that you're looking at. David Montgomery, um, a guy that, again, I think has shown flashes of potential. He's never been given a full workload yet where it's just like, hey, you're the guy. Go do it. Um, that team has looked pretty bad this year, um, and I think that... I think his time is coming. You're gonna see. He hasn't blown up yet, which means he's still acquire, you know uh, still able to acquire him uh, relatively. I won't say cheap, but for what what that they paid for him, Philip Lindsay is a guy that I'm a big believer in. I think every time he touches the ball, he looks he looks better than Royce Freeman. So. Um, you know, obviously, uh, still a young guy, a lot of talent there. Um, somebody I, I want to have on my teams, if I'm rebuilding miles Sanders, another guy kind of in that David Montgomery role where he hasn't had a chance to break out yet. You know, there's a couple other guys in the backfield, not really given giving him the shot to really truly break out, but he has shown flashes. And I think that he has the potential, especially in the passing game, to give you the value immediately, but also give you some long-term value going forward. Um, and then two more that I think are, you're probably going to have to pay a little bit more Well, one for sure. You're going to have to pay more, but I think it's worth it. Joe Mixon. Uh, this guy has had the worst luck when it comes to offensive line health. I mean, he is just the guy has, can't catch a break. That team is, is really hurting on the offensive line. Uh, you know they draft an offensive lineman with their first pick. He gets hurt immediately. Um, you know this is this Joe Mixon is a guy that is supremely talented, is a three-down back, but is just getting absolutely hammered by being on a bad team. I think it reminds me a lot of what happened with with Todd Gurley in that year. That man, we were all kind of like, gosh, I was really hoping Todd Gurley would become a thing. His value decreased, but as soon as they addressed the line, everything comes back to normal and then he's Todd Gurley again. I think Joe Mixon could be in that same vein. And the last guy I'm going to mention here is somebody you should try to acquire is Devin Singletary. He's been out with an injury. I always say injuries are, that is that just says by low to me. Um, An injury like this, a hamstring strain, you know, he's got he's got Frank Gore in front of him. Uh, Frank Gore isn't scaring me away from trying to get Devin Singletary. He's been out of guys' minds. Maybe he's sitting on a team that's, you know, four and two or, or, or five and one, and he hasn't really been able to produce. They've been living without him already. Uh, go try to acquire him and give them something back. Maybe, maybe he is, you know, part of a deal that you get, you know, you, you trade us an older guy, you know, that you don't trust. um, like a Todd Gurley and you get back a single Terry plus a few picks, you know, plus maybe a young wide receiver, all of a sudden you're already starting your rebuild. And I think that's, that's what you, that's what your goal should be in dynasty. As far as your running backs, get those younger guys on your team. As far as redraft, unless a godfather offer comes in, I'm not really, I'm not really moving my my stud running backs for anything in redraft. I think you have to win with them. Um, there's no sense in giving them to another team if you have a bad record. Uh, you're just helping them beat you down the road. Um, if you're trying to win, again, you're probably not going to. But if you are trying to win, your path has to go down trying to pick up running backs that could become league winners. You have to get your your Chase Edmonds of the world. Your Matt Matt breed I think is a guy that, you know, Tevin Coleman's already been injured once this year. You know, maybe you can acquire him pretty cheap. Uh Rex Burkhead, he's a Sony Michelle entry away from being, you know, pretty significant. Or James um James Wood. Okay, come
2: uh, on. Say it. Say James the one. White.
0: Um, it, Burkhead could be either one of those. You know, he could he could fill in for either one of those guys. Jamal Williams is a guy that I think um, showed you what he could be if he gets a full opportunity like he did this year. Wayne Gallman is a guy that you got to love. Um, you know, he showed you before he got hurt that if if uh, Barkley can't stay healthy this year, that Gallman could carry the load. I think Duke Johnson is a guy that I'm looking at. Um, again, Carlos Hyde has been playing very well. If Carlos Hyde gets hurt, Duke Johnson has been one of the most efficient runners this year. I feel like we say that every year, uh, but he also gives you a pass game. He could be a guy that explodes. And then Rashad Penny. I'm not a Rashad Penn truther, but if Chris Carson with this load, if these fumbling issues continue at some point, Penny is going to have to, is going to earn at least some type of touches. Um, If an injury occurs, Penny is looking at a ton of touches. So those are guys that I'm collecting on my team. Uh, If I'm losing, if I'm not playing well right now, because those are guys that could possibly blow up and win you weeks going forward.
2: Yeah, if I'm six and zero and I need to pick up somebody right now as a backup, my number one target in this league this year is Alexander Madison. That's that's yeah. why I am yeah. trying to go after everywhere.
0: I did not mention him, but yes, he he is a good one as well because Dalvin Cook has that injury history, and Madison I think Madison has looked very effective in in the the, the limited touches that he's gotten. I think that he's definitely one that I would be looking at acquiring.
1: Man, so much of that. So if we had more time. And you and I had been podcasting together just a little more, so we felt a little bit more comfortable. I would be yelling at you so much right now. Hit me! All this stuff about Chris Carson. Leave Leave the electric playmaker alone. He's he. I love Chris the,
0: Carson. I'm just saying. That,
1: he, at this point, he's got that job job locked up. I don't think he we need.
0: To, what I'm saying is, if he's though, yeah, that's we're, true. We're looking at guys that, if you know, I don't think Chase Edmonds is going to produce any fantasy points as long as. Is David Johnson is healthy, but if David Johnson gets hurt, Chase Edmonds becomes a significant value. The same thing with Rashad Penny. I don't think Rashad Penny, I think the talent gap is as pretty close to as great as what Edmonds and David Johnson is between Penny and Chris Carson. I love Chris Carson, but you can't deny that Rashad Penny would carry some significant value um, if Carson were to go down.
1: Absolutely. No, that's... Yeah, no, that's definitely true. Although, I mean, it could be. That's the problem here is it could be CJ Procise as well. It
0: won't be CJ Procise. You
1: don't know, I mean, think so? No. He's he's. I'm surprised he's Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that, that's,
2: right, true. that's true. That's um, So no, for like
0: anybody but Rashad Penny, yeah. that's on this train.
2: What about Mark Walton?
0: I like Mark Walton. Yeah, you know, but, that's another guy that I, I was actually looking at on some waivers last week.
2: I just picked him up uh, across the, and two weeks ago. I picked him up everywhere when the Dolphins had a buy. And because I, I thought they were going to possibly trade, um, uh, I thought they were going to trade away uh, Kenyon Kenny Drake. Uh, even if they don't trade away Kenyon Drake, I think they want to see what they have in Walton for the future. So they know if they have to draft, draft the running back early, if they can wait till round two or three, or what the story is. I think they're going to try and find what Walton he, Walton's young. You know, he's still a young man. He, I mean, He's only 22 years old so I you know they could possibly address some other situations in the draft you know stick with Rosen stick with Walton and maybe go other places until year two until 2021 I think uh Walton is somebody I'm targeting right now
1: yeah Mark Walton belongs he he should be on everybody's radar regardless of your of your record right now uh he's he you know when I was talking about kind of the volume play, if you're at the top of the standings, I mean, that's, that's Mark Walton. He's, he could be that late season guy. He could be CJ Anderson. You know what CJ Anderson did for fantasy teams last year that it, it could be Mark Walton. I'm not calling for that. I'm just saying it. He's kind of in that opportunity uh, where he could end up at a, it, taking on a starting role with a ton of volume at the perfect time for your fantasy team. And then I, I love this, strategy by the way for redraft purposes and mark walton fits it fits with all those names as well so um for dynasty i i if we had a little bit more time i would i would take it a step further um and and all right you know what i'm i'm just gonna do it because i think this is important i I, I think this is important (laughs) (laughs) and and this is just my you know this is my strategy I personally believe that it, you know if you're zero six, one and five in a dynasty league, and you're going into kind of rebuild mode, I don't think that running backs really belong on your roster. Now, I'm I'm good with guys like Devin Singletary, um, really kind of Josh Jacobs and David Montgomery, uh, Miles Sanders, uh, but beyond that, I, I, and that's only because they're fairly low usage. There's a chance that. You know, you can get this thing rebuilt in time to still get those guys while they're, you know, at kind of their peak usefulness, which is usually in their first two or three years. You know, the the average uh, career, the average career for a running back is uh, about three years, a little over three years, and it, it you know, it, it gets it's sometimes it's tough to rebuild your roster fast enough. Um, That, you know, you're actually getting something from your entire roster, not just from that running back. So kind of the the idea is, you know, they all have this career trajectory, right? The the breakout for running back is usually year one. Breakout for quarterback is kind of late year two. Uh, Typical breakout for wide receiver is year three. And breakout for tight ends is usually year four.
2: Yeah, four And or you, five. You,
1: you want all those apexes to hit at the same time. So you, 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 you know, you essentially want like a fourth year tight end and a, uh, 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 along with a rookie running back, for instance, you know, you, you, you just kind of want those, all of those career arcs to, to peak all at the same time. And if you don't have those young wide receivers who were, you know, right around that, that third, fourth year, where they're kind of in their prime, uh, their breakout into their prime, then the running backs are just kind of, their, their prime is being wasted on wide receivers, quarterbacks and tight ends who aren't there yet essentially is. And, and so I, I'm going to, I'm going to let you guys beat up on me a little bit here, but because I, I have such an extreme, feeling when it comes to running backs on my roster. I'm in trade addict six and I had traded for the first overall pick in our startup over the uh this past spring and gave up my, f- my first round pick in 2020 um as well as my, the 10th overall pick in a startup basically just swapped the entire draft. And with that first pick, I took Saquon Barkley, which is it, it it, everybody knows that's not something that I want to do. I just wanted to see how much bigger does your penis grow when you've got Saquon Barkley on a dynasty roster. And sure enough, I mean, it doubled in size. Um, <laughs> so, so it. But from there, I mean, I, I ended up with uh, I ended up with Julio Jones, and then I made a trade for him. I, I traded him away. Um, I had Cam Newton and, and obviously, you know, that's, there've been problems there. Um, I've got Aaron Jones and, and so I, I started off on five, uh, or 0 and four. And so I, I, I decided, all right, this is a rebuild. My wide receivers are old and, and terrible. My quarterbacks are beat up. All I've got is Saquon Barkley and Aaron Jones. Like that's all I've got going for me on this roster. So I traded Saquon Barkley away. I got back Cortland Sutton. I got back my original 2021st, and I got another 2021st. It's tracking for. Uh, it, it looks like it'll be a playoff team. So you know, bottom six, most likely. Um, and it, you know, I, 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 I think that you guys will probably say that that was. I, I sold kind of low, right? I mean I I I, yes. I I didn't get enough value back for Saquon Barkley, right?
2: Yes. You
1: did and not. and and the problem is like even though that's true, I just I, I I there was no reason for me to have Saquon Barkley on that roster. He was just kind of wasted on that roster. Even when he does come back, I just I I don't have the rest of the pieces around him to... to be competitive.
2: Your your rebuild philosophy is fantastic. Uh you know, if you can get that situation where you can have all those stars align, it's so hard to hold tight ends for so long though, wait for him to pan out. Like I'm doing that with Mike Goseki right now and it's killing me to take up a roster spot for him. I yeah. think he'll be okay in a couple of years, but I just don't know if he goes somewhere else or pans out. Um, but the tight the, the the wide receiver the three-year tight end situation the running backs are for sure there they have the shortest window they they're, they're hit right now you know and then if you wait too long they end up getting buried in the backfield like what san francisco's got going on right now or you know atlanta or you know all you know any, any of the teams that have uh, most of the nfl right now that has you know backfield by committee um i but i love your rebuild philosophy that's it's fantastic it's it's hard to plan everything that way. You gotta hit when you can, but Barkley like Barkley ate up your entire draft and and he a guy like that gets hurt, you're doomed. You know, I mm-hmm. mean you gotta that's that's it's tough. It's a tough situation to be in.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly it. So I guess kind of the idea was so now I've got I've got Nikhil Harry on taxi, I've got Cortland Sutton, um that you know, I'll have Cam Newton coming back, Matthew Stafford, uh um uh, Marcus Mariota which uh he just not... got benched today for 100%. <laughs> is that right? They went with Yeah, Tannehill? they went, they went uh, with Tannehill. Hill. That's so stupid. It is stupid. What? I hate everything right now. Um but yeah, so I, I ended up with so you know, I've got a little bit of quarterback depth that's they're not great quarterbacks and and are probably still some some moves to be made here but Um, essentially, now I'm up to three 2021s, including my own, which is headed for top two. Um, And I have control over that. Like I can actually project it as top two because I know how to (laughs) make sure that it's going to be top two. As if this roster isn't bad enough. Now, I mean, you're going to see a starting lineup that you know, that includes Alex Erickson every single week. So, oh, wow. <laughs> um, and you know, Jalen Rashard at running back, stuff like that. So, so, you know, I actually have control over the fact that this is headed for top two, maybe even 1.01. Um, I can make sure that it gets there and, <laughs> <laughs> and I, so I've got three 20, 20 first, three three 20, 20 seconds. Um, Courtland Sutton and Nikhil Harry to kind of build around. Um, and, and and then you know, combination of Matthew Stafford and Cam Newton. So, you know, there's, there's a chance, maybe another trade or two for you know, some tight end and wide receiver help. And all of a sudden, now it makes sense to start adding running backs just in time for this, this 2020 class to come along with all those you know, stud running backs coming in. And I've got three picks to do it. Nice. So that was that was the goal. I I mean I still know that I gave up some value, but um, that was that's just kind of the the strategy and, and kind of the end game, I suppose.
0: I hate it. <laughs> Damn it! I hate it. Here's the reason you. I hate it. Okay. Here's the reason I hate it. It's I like the strategy. I really do feel like you have to plan. Uh, you you have to plan around breakout ages and I agree with that Mm -hmm. the thing that I hate about it and the reason I don't agree with it is because if you can't build if you can't tear an entire roster down besides Saquon Barkley and build it back up you can trade Saquon. you could make that exact same deal for Saquon Barkley three years from now the exact same deal that you made and Mm, you think I feel yes I feel like you but even if you even if you say, man, that's fair value for Saquon.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Which I again, you admit that it probably wasn't exactly fair. It was, yeah, it was,
1: a, it was a little it probably
0: it probably took a little bit less. And and I get the the reasoning behind it was hey, I need to get rid of Barkley because I don't have a team to compete with him in his prime window. Okay. Mm-hmm. We talked about that with quarterbacks. I get that strategy. The problem I the problem I have with it is that you can make that deal with Barkley at least, even if you say not in the next three years, at least next year. Mm -hmm. So you could have had a whole, a whole year to build up, you know, a whole draft to build up. And you're mentioning, well, you don't want to build around running backs. Well, 2020 is a pretty strong running back class. So you're, you're hoping that I'm assuming you're building around wide receivers, which it sounds like that's the plan with Sutton and Harry We don't know if either of those guys, I mean, Sutton looks pretty good, but again, you, you, you never know for sure. We know what Barkley is true. And you're hoping you hit on two running, you know, either two running backs or a running back and a quarterback in this draft. I just, to me, I would rather sit on Barkley and trade everything else away and try to build up around him over the next three years then get rid of Barkley now have to compete against Barkley to win. Knowing that he was once on my team, knowing that I could have a year from now seen, I mean, you don't even know where you're draft, maybe with Barkley, you're still a top three pick. You know, you're still, your team is still not good <laughs> and you're still, you know, then you're looking at, okay, now I have Barkley and Tua or Barkley and swift or uh, etn even if it's one if you want another running back you can have barkley and that i just feel like to me i would rather have good players than not even if i'm rebuilding you have to have something that you're building around that's proven that's that's solid as a rock and barkley is one of those guys that is solid as a rock and so to me i don't like that because i like to build around i you, you can't build a house on sand uh, you have to have some type of foundation, and to me, Barkley is the best foundation outside of Mahomes uh, that you can have. One of the best foundations that you can have in fantasy football. So, I don't like it. Um, we'll agree to disagree. Um, <laughs> but what would you, John? What would you, what would you do as far as addressing the running back with a, a four and two, a three and three, a two and four team?
1: So, uh, again, we'll just go back to kind of that moving block of, of games where you're you're working within a three to four game window, and just based on schedules coming up, we already talked about Josh Jacobs. You talked about Devin Singletary, and in both cases, they have amazing schedules coming up. Uh, so, those are guys that I would target, particularly in dynasty leagues, because you know there's there's long term value for both of those guys. Dalvin Cook as well. Um, and it, it, there's definitely, he definitely has a nice schedule coming up. You, you kind of mentioned the injury history. Um, I appreciate you not calling him injury prone. Um, James, the brain would have done that if he were here. So, um, (laughs) I like that we have a medical professional who would, who acknowledges that Dalvin cook has been injured in the past, but is not necessarily injury prone. Um, but. You know, just just based on the the chance that they're you know, for something like that to happen, I think you got to make sure and handcuff him with Alexander Madison. But just with the schedule coming up, um, Dalvin Cook is a guy who can help you get, you know, three or put together three or four wins and put yourself in a little bit more comfortable situation um, in the next uh, in the next month. And then I'm going to sell David Johnson I'm going to sell Ezekiel Elliott, actually. And, and man, this one hurts me, but Chris Carson. The schedule just gets so hard for all three of those guys. Um, just j- just in the short term in particular, all three of those guys have fairly tough schedules, and it's going to be tough for you to get those the, the wins you need to keep you in contention right now. So just uh, actually, yeah, uh, Ezekiel Elliott has Philadelphia, yeah. then a bye. Then you get to take advantage of the Giants, but and then he's got Minnesota, um, so it's it for him. It's kind of spotty. Uh, Carson gets uh, gets Baltimore and Atlanta; those are decent matchups. But then Tampa Bay, San Francisco, by Philadelphia, Minnesota. So five straight weeks where it's going to be hard to for him to keep you on track. So um, the those are guys that that I would move uh, particularly particularly in a redraft. Um, but i would i you could do it in dynasty as well I, at this point like i said you're just trying to string together a few wins here um get yourself into a little bit better foothold um and then uh and then start to think more long term but right now we're not looking beyond you know three to five weeks
2: yeah if if i'm middle of pack or in my situation, uh, you know, six and oh, five and one, I think my number one target as far as like a starting Belco running back would be Nick Chubb. I think that's the guy uh who I I think there's too much talent on a team for them to concentrate on the running back position, even if they're not, even if everybody's not panning out, even if they, they're still gonna they still use him as a receiving back, they still use him at, you know, he runs the but he's fantastic as a receiver or a running back out of the backfield. And guys are too busy covering Landry, and they're too busy covering Callaway, they're too busy covering OB, OBJ. They can't focus on the run game. I think Nick Chubb is. I think he's the. Uh, that's who I my number one because he's been like up and down. He hasn't produced every game as a as a as a solid producer. He's had a couple of big games, so you might be able to pry him away from somebody for not not the top top price. But I think he's the he's a game changer for this year for me.
1: Yeah, that's a, that's a good one. I'm not totally sure why I miss. Oh, I, I mean, I think that why I missed him is just because he's on bye this week and then he's got the worst possible matchup at new England uh, coming out of the bye. Um But after that, it's a decent schedule. And, and like you said, I mean, just the, the, the talent, the opportunity, the fact that, you know, this passing game isn't going to be great. So um, it, it is uh it is a good, uh, a, a, a good situation for Nick Chubb going forward. It's just it it makes more sense for a four and two team than for a two and four team because the next two weeks are going to be. He's I mean, he obviously you can't start him on bye and then at New England, uh, if you've got better options, you're probably benching him there. But uh, let's run through this last group. We've got the wide receivers and the tight ends all bunched together. So we'll get back to John McGlynn. Um, and uh with a 6 and 0 5 and 1 record just real quick what are some strategies for uh a wide receiver and tight end for you
2: uh I'm in the same the same category here with the guys who got me there the Chris Godwins uh Michael Thomas even without a quarterback right now I'm not going to say without a quarterback without their number 1 quarterback Michael Thomas is still showing numbers Cooper cup has been solid I, I don't know if I don't trust Cooper cup. Um, he's just not somebody, even though he's been fantastic. I don't like him. Um, DJ shark. I think is kind of a, I think he, how do you call it? He went kind of blew up a little bit too early. So, um, Julio Jones is somebody I'm, I'm going to keep Well, I'm going after Keenan Allen started out hot. He, um, is, kind of burned out last couple of weeks, but I think he's due for positive regression the rest of the season again. Uh God, those are the Mike Evans is who I'm going after who had a couple of good games, but everybody's kind of down on right now. Tyro Lockett, Adam Thielens, the guys are just producers. Uh, yeah, those are the guys I probably already have my roster or I want to acquire if I'm going for a championship right now.
1: Yeah. Yeah. What do you think, Ethan, about uh the the bottom feeders right now. Oh, and six, one and five. What are you doing at wide receiver and tight end?
0: Yeah, this is, um, in dynasty again, this is assuming you're, you're starting a rebuild or at least, at least looking towards the future. Um, I'm looking for those wide receivers that are under 25, 20, 25 to 27. It's kind of the age apex. So under 27 for sure. And then you're trying to build around those proven assets that are a little bit younger than that. You know, good targets. Juju Smith Schuster is a guy that I think you, you have to, I'm sending out offers to, 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 in dynasty leagues for Juju Smith Schuster every day. Um, I haven't gotten anyone to bite yet, but the time is coming. Somebody is going to get desperate. And they're gonna go. You know what? Maybe the, the doubt is gonna creep in their mind that maybe Juju isn't isn't what we thought he was. And to me, he's so young. He's already shown that what he could be with the volume. Uh, you have to be a target targeting guys like that aggressively. Tyler Boyd, same way. Um, Tyler Lockett is a guy I like a lot. Uh, Terry McLaurin. Um, I think he's shown enough this year to at least worth. He's he's probably one of the more attainable of the four that I've mentioned so far. Uh, McLaurin, I think uh, you're still going to pay up a little bit, but um, he, he's looked like the real deal. Will Fuller uh, just on an offense that throws a ton, um, he can put up some bit some big weeks. Uh, uh, injury concerns are are a big deal with him. I'm not uh, I'm not paying as much for Will Fuller as I am, even for probably McLaurin at this point, honestly, just because I don't trust him as much. Um, Kenny Galladay, Calvin Ridley, um, Allen Robinson, Stephon Diggs somewhat um again i think the value is depressed there you know your dj Moore, your your brandon cooks your michael gallup cooper cup um those are all guys that i'm uh, targeting if i'm if i'm losing record that because i can see myself building a wide receiver core around those guys i know that mcglenn said he wasn't a huge cooper cup fan but you don't have to be a big fan. The guy's getting 17 targets a game. No, um, it, it's pretty clear that even if you even if you aren't a big fan, the volume dictates that, uh, especially in a PPR league or uh, a league that awards for for receptions, um, you 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 can't argue with what Cooper Cup has done um, last the beginning of last year and then now this year as well. I mean, it, it's clear that him and Goff have some kind of special connection. As far as tight ends go. Um, Will Disley bless his heart. We talked about him last week about how he was, uh, his story is incredible coming back from that patella tear. Uh, and then he follows it up with arguably the, the worst injury that you can have. He's gotten a ruptured Achilles, but still, I think he's shown enough. Um, the value, the discount is going to be there for sure. Now. Um, I still think he comes back. He's still young. Um, being able to, to, grab a guy like that in a, a tight end position where man you're just you're just happy to get if you can get somebody that's getting you ten points in a, a PPR at tight end you're you're probably on a pretty good spot. Um Disley was the tight end four over the first five weeks of the season. Um, and he's a guy that I think his injury history is now discount going to get you a, a pretty significant discount. Um, other young guys that I like OJ Howard is a guy whose values depressed this season, but has shown that in the right circumstances, he can be a good uh, receiving tight end. Um, a, a guy that I don't think enough people are talking about Foster Moreau. Um, yes. We know yes. that we, everyone loves uh, Darren Waller. He is a free agent after this season. He's 27 as well. So, um, Foster Moreau is getting a little bit more time in the offense. I think you're seeing the the team going, hey, if Waller keeps this up, he's probably going to get paid somewhere. We're not the team that wants to pay him. We have Foster Moreau. Um, that's a guy that you can get for free right now that could be you know, as soon as next season a top 12 tight end. And... Um, he's a guy that I am rostering pretty much everywhere, um, in dynasty, just because I think that, uh, again, you just want, you want these, these guys in these offensives that feed the tight end and, and he's definitely one of them. Um, Noah Fant, I knew he was going to have a transition into the NFL, but the athleticism is there. As soon as he gets a quarterback upgrade that can actually get him the ball, I think he's going to be a, a value. Uh, Gerald Everett is a guy that uh, again, is still young, could be worth a pickup there, especially, um, that, that. Rams team is really struggling, I think in the next couple years, as far as uh, cap room. So we might be losing one of their wide receivers. If a Robert Woods leaves, um, if they, you know, I not d- I think they're going to hold on to Cooper cup, but if they try to deal Brandon cooks, you know, Gerald Everett could be in a position where he gets used quite a bit more. Um, and Dallas Goddard is another guy that I, I think the talent is there. Um, who knows what happens with Ertz going forward again, um, has, has had some injuries on and off throughout his career. So, uh, Dallas Goddard also has some value, some standalone value because they're using those two tight end sets. Um, as far as redraft goes, uh, tight end is tight end is streamable in pretty much every every league, um, every redraft league that I've I've found. You're probably not going to get that high end production, but if you can just hit on one um, week to week, uh, you got a pretty good shot. My big thing here is if you're losing. You're zero and six, one and five. Those tight ends are probably not going to win you weeks. Um, I, I am I'm I'm trading my high end tight ends in a redraft league if I'm losing, trying to get some depth at running back and wide receiver. You're usually starting more of those positions, so you need the depth. You need to get points. Um, it's great that you know you have Travis Kelsey who's getting you twenty points, but if you can trade him for uh, an RB two and wide receiver two that gets you twenty five or thirty points over two weeks, you know, over the week, then you're you're still up. So and, and you're filling positions that you're starting more of. So that's just my my position. I know some people are are pretty pretty dead set on keeping those high end tight ends, but in my mind, if you're losing, you need to you need to find a way to transition them into more important positions. As far as wide receivers go. I'm looking for wide receivers right now in all my leagues, but especially in leagues where I'm losing. If I need wide receiver help, I'm looking on those teams that throw a ton. You know, Cincinnati is third in pass attempts. Auden Tate is a guy that you might be able to find on your waivers. He's been getting a lot of love. Um, the Giants are eighth in pass attempts. Sterling Shepard is a guy that I think he's, his value is depressed due to the concussions. Darius Slayton, um, uh, another option there just because they're throwing the ball a lot. Um, Buffalo, Buffalo wide receivers are always cheap because uh, uh, because that's just that's just how it is when Josh Allen's your quarterback. They're 12th in pass attempts. Uh, John Brown, Cole Beasley, um, John Brown, you're probably not going to find on waivers, but Cole Beasley is a guy that um, c- could definitely see some volume going forward. So that's that's what I'm doing as far as a losing team with wide receiver and tight end. But I'm sure you guys will disagree because it seems like we're disagreeing a lot in this this episode. <laughs>
1: that's what the super flex super show has always been all about by the way that's so that's a that's a good thing uh when we can have a a civil discussion um and and at least you're not hitting things and yelling at me like stompy so <laughs> um, <laughs> the, my my only disagreement is the fact that uh courtland sutton and Nikhil harry didn't make it into your dynasty um uh, buys but I, I i think that i i mean i i prefer some of the guys that you mentioned you know juju in particular uh to a lesser extent stefan diggs uh kenny galladay tyler lockett uh cooper cup uh, i love that one and even dj Moore. those are kind of those are more wide receiver one type of guys so if you have the reach to go get those guys that's like that that's kind of the building block that you want to start with as far as the wide receiver position. I love those.
2: Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm looking at guys like maybe Deontay Johnson, maybe, um, like possibly an AJ Brown, uh, DK Metcalf for sure with that injury. Um, if if I'm already on top and I already have solid producers at every position, those are the guys, and for tight end, I'm probably going after a guy like Dawson Knox, who's got another really easy schedule. Um, if I'm, you know, tight end's kind of hard to fill. If I don't, if I have everything else working, except for the tight end position, which I am in that situation in like five of my leagues, I'm trying to get a, Daw- a Dawson Knox, maybe a you know a Dallas Goddard, like you said before. But there's um those are the those are the situations I'm looking. Those are the guys I'm looking for. You know, maybe uh, you know possibly if you can get like a Christian Kirk or. I don't know what Mike Williams is going to do. I, I, he's had a lot of that, that offense isn't really clicking on all cylinders right now. But Mike Williams is someone who's always kind of you know caught my eye. M- maybe uh, with this change of maybe a Preston Williams. Uh, I I don't. I'm looking for kind of I don't want to say boomer bust players, but guys with a lot of potential on maybe offenses that haven't clicked yet that I see a lot that that are going to maybe get me fantasy points towards the end of the season. So. I'm trying for uh if I already have an established uh starting lineup I'm going for dart throws now that I think are gonna are gonna be bullseyes. When I, i'm I'm lining up the best I can and I'm picking up guys that I think are gonna win me championships that are lost in the shuffle somewhere so that's yeah. uh miles Boykin is somebody else that that I think maybe could be uh you know picking up the slack the rest of the year
1: <clears throat> yeah the the one thing I would say because there's a ton of them that you can kind of build around. So the, I guess two real quick things here. First of all, if you're trying to rebuild a dynasty roster and you're trying to do it with young wide receivers, first of all, I mean, you still try want to kind of try and go minimalist. Um, like I, like I kind of said with the, uh, you know, with the win now roster where it's going to be all about volume at, at running back, You're if you're trying to rebuild, it's kind of the same thing. You're going to get to that point where, You've got what you need at wide receiver. Now it's time to start adding the running backs and you need a lot of them. You need a lot of flyers. So, you know, try and try and get the greatest upgrade that you can and try and build around the best wide, res- young wide receivers that you can. The other thing that you don't want to do is go after draft picks with the idea that you're going to turn them into wide receivers. This looks like a very strong rookie class of wide receivers coming in. But again, you're still going to have to wait two to three years for those guys to hit. And it's going to make your rebuild take that long as well. So it's it's always preferable to go after these young wide receivers that we've just named uh, than to go after draft picks with the idea of drafting wide receivers. Uh, so I'll finish us off here um, again, kind of in the middle of the standings. Four and two, three and three, two and four at wide receivers. Um, I'm I'm gonna try and buy Michael Thomas. I don't think that his buy window is is open quite as wide as it was just a couple weeks ago. Uh, but uh, I'll still go after Michael Thomas with a great schedule coming up. And then we've talked about uh, and, and we talked about Drew Brees. I mean Michael Thomas benefits from that same schedule. Um, we talked about the Buffalo Bills as well, and John Brown is their primary is the primary target for uh, Josh Allen. Um, I think actually uh, Duke Williams is a sneaky deep stash uh, in those deeper dynasty leagues, uh, but I think that he serves kind of the same purpose. Jamison Crowder, again, Sam Darnold probably has the best schedule going forward, and when you're in win-now mode, um, you're trying to win more than you lose the rest of the way here. Uh, get the you you go get those jets. Dan, Sam Darnold has such a nice schedule going forward, and Jamison Crowder is his top target. He peppered him with targets in uh, in week one, and now came back in week six, and Jamison Crowder still led the team in in targets, even though it wasn't to the tune of seventeen this time. And then finally, George Kittle. I think that he's he might be a little bit of a buy low at this point. And he also has a very nice schedule coming up. So working within that three game to five game block, these are all guys with good enough schedules, strong enough schedules that they can keep you moving forward, help you, you know, go, go maybe uh, three and one over the next four weeks. And that's really all you're looking for to keep you on track. Guys that are not probably not going to be able to help you do that. First of all, Alshon Jeffrey has a horrible schedule. (laughs) Uh, over the next few weeks, Cooper cup actually does too. Uh, it's, it's, it's really not a very good schedule for, for the Rams, uh, wide receivers. And it's interesting because, uh, Jared Goff has a decent schedule over the next few weeks, but Cooper cup in particular, um, I, this week he's, he's great. He's at Atlanta, but then after that, you've got Cincinnati who's uh 29th against wide receivers. I think that's mostly just because you can run on Cincinnati, so you don't really have to throw. Um, but then the bye week, then at Pittsburgh, where he probably sees a lot of of Minka Fitzpatrick, and then, uh, and then Chicago. So, you know, one nice matchup, and then um, three tough ones plus the bye. So Cooper Cup in a redraft league in particular is a little bit of a sell for me right now if you're in that position. If you're good enough that you can wait on him, if you're six and oh, five and one, maybe even four and two, then you can hang on to Cooper Cup. Better days are gonna be ahead, but it's gonna be rough sledding for the next month or so. Uh same with Odell Beckham Jr. We've talked about Baker Mayfield. Beckham is in the same situation here. He's got a, a horrible schedule up until basically when you get into the fantasy playoffs. If you're a three and three or two and four, You've got to make sure that you get to the playoffs. And Odell Beckham Jr. with this schedule does not help you get there. And then finally, Darren Waller. And again, it's all based on the schedule. It's going to be heavy running for the Raiders the next few weeks. Um, Darren Waller coming off the bye. He's got Green Bay, Houston, Detroit. The, they're all uh, top 10 against tight ends. So it, it you could be looking at... Even though tight end is a highly streamable position um, and which even more reason to sell him, to be totally honest. But uh, Darren Waller, uh, even though he doesn't have a huge impact on your starting lineup uh, in most one tight end leagues, um, just the fact that he's got trade value and he's not going to be super helpful over the next three weeks. The next. Yeah, the next three weeks. Um, Now's a good time to sell him as well. Um, Before we wrap it up, I'll let you guys uh, um, let me know if I'm way off base
2: or if I missed any names there. No, you're, you're right on target. It's there. There's a handful of guys that at this point in time, we almost know who these players are. They're starting to fill in. uh, They're starting to blossom into who they're going to be uh, the rest of the season. Hopefully, or you know they've some guys have had up and ups and downs like you know the Vance McDonalds maybe or somebody that you know you could throw a dart at for a tight end with Mason Rudolph coming back in a week or so. But you're you're on target. You're right where everybody kind of where where you should be as far as your thing is concerned. I, uh, I I I I learned a lot from you, John, it's 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 nice to have these conversations because I it is. Uh, my my train of thought. Everybody has a train of thought they kind of entered fantasy football with, and you know they they think they're doing the right thing, and you, you learn as you go every day. And, and I've been playing, like I said, for twenty some years, and just talking on these podcasts now with you, it, it's it's nice to have that refreshing uh, new train of thought every once in a while to kind of go along with your own strategy. So, Noah, you're on. You're perfect. Nice. Did you hear that?
0: Well, I for one think that you're both. You're both idiots, but, um, <laughs> despite that, I, I do, I do love these conversations because I think that ultimately the whole point of this podcast today was to give you what our opinions were on how to go about kind of a, uh, this is the time of the year where you're making a lot of changes. You're making a lot of decisions for your fantasy teams, whether it's dynasty or redraft now, we're just three guys with a lot of experience um, that that are trying to help you navigate that and some team some teams will take they will say man you know that Ethan he is he, he really seems to know his stuff uh, you know I think I think maybe I should take some of that and some some of them will go well that John he's you know uh, John John Hogue, I should say I, should, I gotta specify with both Johns here. You know that John Hogue, he's a huge idiot. There's no way I'm listening to him. And then hopefully they say John McGlynn hasn't lost a fantasy matchup this year with forty seven leaks. Um so we're definitely gonna listen to him. So as long as you're listening to me and McGlynn, you should be good to go. Um if you're listening to Hogue, that's that's really where your problems are gonna lie, right there. Uh, but no, of course I'm kidding. Of course I'm kidding. I'm kidding.
1: Uh, Backs to family dinner right there.
0: <laughs> I'm kidding. The, the I do like what McGlynn said, though. Um, yeah. I think that it is, there are a lot of different ways that you can go about this. And I think that you have to take every, all three of the comments that we made and any other advice that you can get on, you know, asking people, what do I need to do? Here's a look at, take a look at my team. What do I need to do? Um, to to make the next step here's my goals this is this is what my goals are for this team and how do i get there and i think that that is that's really all we're out to do and that's all we're out to help you with um i'm a part of the fantasy football uh mercenaries the mercs so um you know that's that's what you do if you go over there you know we mentioned it at the top of the show definitely take advantage of these these resources out there because all we're trying to do is help you win. And I think that's that's the big thing. If you can take one thing and it helps you win, then I think we've done our jobs. And even if Hoag is totally wrong with all of his stuff, um, he does sometimes say something that I, that I approve. So uh, overall, I, I, I think he, he says some good stuff sometimes.
1: Well, in almost two hours, I hope i uh, I, I managed a couple seconds there of uh, saying something worthwhile <laughs> but uh yeah, so uh, we went way over time um but basically two hours to say essentially this if you're if you're at the top of your standings, you can start looking ahead a little bit to fantasy playoffs um and and start considering things like uh matchups going forward and stuff like that. If you're somewhere in the middle of your standings, I think that you're probably you're, you're working more in a three to five week window uh, and trying to win more than you lose over the course of that window. And then if you're zero and six, one and five, um, trying to pull your way back in uh, in a rebuild or in a in a redraft league in particular, uh, you're uh, it, it's win now. It, what do you have to do to win this week, and then take that same approach next week? go week to week so yeah i mean we could have just said that but then we wouldn't have had anything to talk about and this podcast would have been about 30 seconds long and uh we wouldn't have had nearly as much discussion as we did but i think this is all really important stuff i think people are gonna forgive us for a
2: two-hour podcast yeah you could be in a situation like i was in last year where i was 0-7, 0-7, but I was the leading point scorer in the league because I played the highest point score every week. And you don't need to make any changes at that point in time. You're the leading point scorer, but you're 0-7. So, you, I mean, you, what can't you do? <clears throat> Your team's built perfectly. You're just bad luck, and luck is part of fantasy football too. So, don't get too down on yourself if you're undefeated. It's, it's frustrating sometimes, but sometimes you're doing the right things, and it's just not working out.
1: There you go. Yeah, couldn't have said it better myself. So, with that, we're going to wrap it up for the week and as we do that ask you for a quick favor if you haven't already subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts you can also subscribe to the dlf family of podcast mega feed and get access to all of the great podcasts from dlf and once you're subscribed if you would give us a rating and review not all podcatchers give you that option but on the ones that do those ratings and reviews help us to expand our reach get out to a larger audience we can involve more people in the conversation. And from there, we can really zero in on the topics that are the most useful to you, the listener. And in the vein of listener interaction, send us your trades on Twitter at SuperFlexShow. You can also send them to any one of us individually. Ethan is... Give us uh, give us your Twitter handle, Ethan.
0: It's at E-Turner FF underscore PT. Um, you can find all your injury updates over there.
2: John McGlynn is at... John McGlynn, 75, I'm 26-0 in the last two weeks, including, what is it, 5-1 in a fishbowl now, so I'm, uh, I'm rolling right now. Come at me with all your advice, with any questions you got, please, because I'm taking advantage of this high society right now.
1: <laughs> nice, and uh, by the way, McGlynn's gonna do start sits along with Stompy and James the Brain, and Ethan is gonna do our uh, injury report this weekend, as always, um, so uh, watch for those on Friday and Saturday. Thank you to heart and soul radio for the song, the addiction that we use as our intro and outro music. Thank you to each and every one of you for listening. Don't forget to send in your questions, your trade polls, your, your, whatever you've got, send them in for our live show tomorrow night and make sure to tune in for that as well. You can bring all your questions and, and trades to the live chat as well. And they the guys will answer them in real time, but thank you for listening to this episode. Until next week, stay sexy and super flexed.